I'm Sarah Gross. And I'm Sarah True. And you're listening to If We Were Riding. A triathlon-ish podcast. Grab your sock hats, fill your decanter. Friday's here. It's time for some banter. Try tips, life chat from two feisty pros, zoomies, arm hair, ebbs, and flows. Rides with influential women in sport. Voicemails from you, now it's in your court. Join in just to stalk raccoons. Do you like your Zwift caps and fear those loons? So unpad your bras and stop that hiding and find out what happens if we were riding. Hi, Sarah. I'm so excited to see you. I know. You, we. I missed you last week. Um, I have a very, very exciting spotting in St. George, Utah, which is where I am right now. You do? Yes. A spotting? Yes. <laughs> of a human? Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I. It's not an animal story, but I saw Kelly O'Mara. <gasps> uh, I know. So my previous... Uh, co-host wait your previous co-host yes your predecessor on my the predecessor exactly yes. mm-hmm. i she was very official in her official triathlete magazine editor-in-chief role um <laughs> so i'm i'm in saint george for ironman world champs uh not to compete but to support the swift tri academy and she came to the house mm-hmm. uh, to do a little tour and get to interview the athletes and i it was really, it was, it was very nice to see her. So that, that's my big news. I couldn't wait to tell you. Oh, that is amazing. She's doing great. Okay. I do want to talk about St. George, but I think let's do that after the first break. But one thing I want to say about seeing Kelly is just, <laughs> does anyone remember how on the po- podcast, podcast list, long time listeners will remember how, when I think it was the 70.3, it had to, the 70.3 world champs were in Nice in France. And I told everyone who was listening on the podcast to, if they saw Kelly, to like wave frantically at her and smile because she said on a podcast, I was like, oh, if like, you know, we were talking about how, like whether we wave or say hello to other runners. And she was like, no, I don't do that. I don't I'm like, what if someone waves and smiles at you? She's like, I don't know. I might just do a little smile. Like she was very like poopy pants about being friendly to other runners or cyclists as you pass them. <laughs> So I told people to like, and so people literally did it. Like they were like (laughs) waving their arms and being like, hi, Kelly. So I think we should do the same again. So for folks in the know, if you know who Kelly O'Mara is or Sarah, for that matter, who is probably more recognizable. Uh, I straight up gave her a big old bear hug. (laughs) Sorry, Kelly. Not sorry. (laughs) Yeah. So I want everyone to wave frantically at Sarah and Kelly and tell them how much you love the podcast. How about that? That works for me. Yeah. Or get, or give a bear hug to Kelly. Yeah. (laughs) That's actually, I feel like she would feel very awkward about it. Mm -hmm. That's like, that's like an add on for the extroverts. Like as if, as if waving and flailing around is for introverts. (laughs) Bonus points. (laughs) Bonus points. If you give Kelly O'Mara a giant bear hug at the Iron Man World Championship this weekend. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so now that you've got that settled, um, let's take a break and come back and, and talk a little more about St. George. Oh, and weather gravel beats triathlon. Um, 21 day cycles and whatever else we feel like talking about. 
The fastest path to living healthier, longer starts inside. Inside Tracker takes a personalized approach to health and longevity from the most trusted and relevant source, your body. It was created by experts in aging, genetics, and biometric data from Harvard, Tufts, and MIT. That's quite a list. Inside Tracker provides personalized health analysis and clear recommendations, plus an action plan on how to live healthier, longer. When I do my Inside Tracker tests, I always use the mobile blood draw service. It's amazing because you can enjoy a premium lab experience in the comfort of your own home or your office. All you have to do is book a time that suits your schedule and they will come to you. The scheduling is easy and they send you text alerts so you'll get appointment updates and notifications when your inside tracker health analysis and custom action plan are ready to view. It's great for busy people who want to save time. So if you want to try Inside Tracker's mobile blood draw service and find out what's going on inside your body for your health, go to insidetracker.com forward slash feisty and get 20% off today. That's insidetracker.com forward slash F-E-I-S-T-Y. As a former pro triathlete who now does very amateur crossfitting for fun and is in perimenopause, meaning I can't count on my hormones to be consistent anymore, one of my main limitations is the speed at which I build muscle. It just doesn't come easily for me. I wanted to make sure I am actually getting the benefits of the little time I do have to work out. That's why Amino Co's Perform is the perfect product for me. It tastes good and I just sip on it before and during my workouts. The AminoCo's Perform formula has clean ingredients and is great for your everyday routine to help give your body the fuel it needs to perform at its best and recover faster and stronger from workouts. What's even better is that AminoCo's Perform was created by former Harvard professor and world-renowned clinical researcher Dr. Wolf. As a competitive athlete, Dr. Wolf has completed 62 marathons in under 230 whoa, and is still fueling his body with Perform at age 75. So if you are looking for a nutritional advantage when it comes to boosting your peak athletic performance, I recommend you give Perform a try. It's scientifically three times more effective on a gram for gram basis than any other protein source. To try it yourself and get 30% off, Use the code RIDING, R-I-D-I-N-G, when you visit aminoco.com forward slash riding. That's A-M-I-N-O-C-O dot com forward slash riding. Okay, so Sarah... Saint, you're in St. George. Okay. I'm very curious. Like, what is the vibe there? Like, is this, does it feel like a legit world championship compared to Kona or like what's happening? The feeling right now is more like any normal North American Ironman. Um, but it's still, so we're recording on Wednesday. It's still pretty quiet. We went to the expo yesterday and the athletes registered. There's basically nobody at the expo. Uh, but I think because so it's about 3000 athletes, over 3000 athletes mm -hmm. definitely skews heavily 
towards uh, U.S. based athletes. I think a lot of people, it's not a big destination like Hawaii. I think a lot of people will probably come in last minute. Um, so yeah, does it have the same buzz of Kona? No, because it, everything Kona is so concentrated, uh, you know, geographically. Here, it's a it's a big town. People are spread out. It's you know double transition. Uh, I'm not seeing you know people in their speedos walking down Ali'i going to <laughs> Daylight Mine Coffee. You know, it's it's just a different vibe, right? Um, it's not the World Championships without German men in speedos walking down the street. <laughs> exactly. I have seen zero German men in speedos. <laughs> Okay, well, it's just not the same then, obviously. It's not the same. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I'll let the listeners decide whether that's, you know, better or worse. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so it's it's different, you know? Like, I think, obviously, on race day, when the gun goes off, everybody knows there's a world title on the line, so that's Mm -hmm. important. It is really interesting because... um, the, the start list for the, the pro men, pro women, like every day, another gets athlete gets crossed oh, I heard the this, list. that there were a lot of people sort of dropping out last minute. Yeah. So um, before you even get started, it's really, really high, uh, attrition. Mm-hmm. And I think this race, I like it's gonna It's, I think it's just over 20 women. It's 30 something men. So it's really, that's yeah. small. That's even really. small. Yeah. Well, that, it's, I guess it's small for a regular Ironman or it's like yeah. average. Yeah. So super small for a world championship. Um, yeah. You know, I, I haven't looked at the numbers of, because uh, they're having both a, a normal Ironman and a world championship here. It's a little complicated. Oh, yeah. are there like winners in both categories? I think so. Or do you just win or lose? <laughs> Uh, for, from the amateur side, I think that's what's going on. Oh, so there's like everybody, <laughs> everybody gets on the podium. Like, how does that work? I don't. Yeah, I, I honestly, I'm speaking above my pay grade right now. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. We don't purport to actually know anything, so I feel like that's well established on this podcast. I all I can tell you is the vibe. It does not feel like a world champs yet. It just feels like a, a normal American Ironman. Right. And, and who pro wise, like, who are your picks? Man, my picks keep on dropping out. I think your picks are like dropping like flies. Seriously. Uh, I am putting my money on Cat Matthews for the win. Okay. Yeah. Cool. It'd be fun to see a new world champion. Mm-hmm. Well, and she hasn't been an Ironman that long. Really cool backstory. You know, you can't discount Daniela Riff. Like, obviously, she's she's a multi-world champion for a reason. Mm-hmm. Ani Haug, also world champ. Um, but I'm leaning, I'm leaning a bit towards Cat Matthews. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Annie could be good on those hills out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I okay, you said cool backstory. So for those of us like me who are like sort of not paying attention that much anymore. Um, what's the cool backstory for Kat Matthews? Well, she, she's really new pro. Uh, like she's, she only started as a pro a couple of years ago. Um, she's in the British military. She's a, Oh yeah. Uh, and right now she's just a full-time professional, but was 
Uh, she's a physio in the British military. Uh, her husband's an officer. I think she's a captain, if I get their ranks correct. And, you know, she played field hockey growing up. Um, just an absolute beast on the bike and the swim. You know, just has a great attitude about the sport. Uh, really good perspective. But yeah, just I, I love anybody who has come to the sport a bit later from a different sports background. You know, she was she started off balancing a full time job as a physio in the British military with being a pro and only recently really is uh, been able to dedicate herself full time to triathlon, which is awesome. I've trained with a couple people who had military scholarships. Mm mm-hmm. Um, to be a full-time athlete for a year. I remember both. I don't know if this is the, this, and this is in the UK, like, and I don't know if it's the case with Kat because I, I don't know, but they, both of them at the time, this goes back to like my training days. So now we're like, you know, now we're like 20, 15, 20 years ago, <laughs> but like they both had kind of a year in which to like either prove themselves and make it kind of to where they could be full-time athletes or not. So I wonder if that was her, like if she had that little leg up. Yeah, I, I think I think she did. It sounded like because uh, I've, I've talked to her before and um, actually on a, a different podcast, um, the Swift podcast. And she, uh, you know, even it's part it's part of the, the culture, the military culture to be active in sport um, and highly encouraged. So it was, it was already built into what she was doing. Mm-hmm. And just as she's gotten better, they've given her more and more time. Um, but now she's able to be full-time, continues to get paid by the British military. Um, and, you know, seen as an ambassador, uh, a glo- essentially a global ambassador in sport for, um, for their military, mm. essentially. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it is cool. cool. Okay. I have more questions for you. Okay. Are you you doing coverage of any kind? Like, are you doing any media stuff? No, I am going out to the the course and I am going to be screaming like a mad woman. You're doing your own personal one person media cheering. Totally. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. And then, okay. The other question like we've been asking, like, feisty like amongst ourselves like did the brands because we went back and forth about whether we would go and do coverage in St. George right and eventually we just ended up with like too many things going on like that was kind of the decision is like not to water ourselves down too much but like did the brands show up like are there more brands there than like did the industry come a little bit more than a regular Ironman or is it just pretty standard I think a little bit more than a regular Ironman definitely less than Kona um Yeah, I think uh, some companies are doing pop-ups in town, but not as many, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, it, interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't think you're missing much, because um, what, what we're hearing is that there's just not the bandwidth for on, on social media right now for um, content, like for World Champs content, where... Like the audience is just not tuned in. And I, oh yeah. Right. So I guess people expect to tune in in October, but right now this time of the year, people are just aren't paying attention. Um, yeah. I don't I really that. know what that like, means. That's why we don't, we, that's why we go to Kona, even like two weeks out, like the, we get our best views two weeks out. 
Because as soon as everybody's there, the week, but then you're like competing with everybody who's doing like social media stuff, right? But like the two weeks out, you're just like sort of behind the scenes, you're interviewing pros there. And like, we get a lot of like eyeballs um, on that. I can imagine because I, I, I can imagine, because I've just heard a lot of people like just saying they're not that interested, <laughs> you know? Um, it's an interesting experiment for Ironman um, to see, because I know like they've gone back and forth on whether they should start moving their world championship. Um, I personally think that would be dumb because I think like as a business move, I think it would be good for the sport. But like, I think that like a, as a business, like their monopoly is really dependent on the fact that like everybody wants to go to Kona and the whole thing's built on like qualifying for Kona da, 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 and the reason they own that long course world. And the reason they're able to call something a world championship that's not run by a federation um, is because they, is because of Kona. So I personally feel like if they move it there, I don't know, the PTO could take over. I see pros and cons. Um, the biggest pro to having it someplace else. So because there are going to be more people on the islands mm-hmm. uh, with the split day, the Thursday, Saturday format. Oh, yeah. Housing is insane. Have you tried to book something in Kona? No, but no, I one, haven't yet either. Oh, my God. One athlete I was talking to said that she was looking at um, $20,000 for a couple for the week. Yeah. Um, like really exorbitant. So that's the downside of Kona. Is that, you know, our, our sport is skewing older and older. Mm-hmm. And how do you expect somebody who is really keen in their 20s and 30s to throw down tons of money to go right. to world champs? And, and to be clear, like, I think it's good for the sport if, like, if Ironman kind of loses its monopoly a little bit, right? Like, if the PTO actually gets some, like, hooks in, gets some legs, and like starts to diversify the sport a bit from that point of view, um, from the point of view of like, even, yeah, even just like power, the power, like knocking over the power structure a little bit. Um, but I, as a business for Iron Man, oh, like, that would be done. So sport versus brand, their entire yeah. ba- brand is centered around Kona. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know why I care about Iron Man's brand. I don't. Um, <laughs> like, so really like maybe I, maybe I should say, go ahead, like, go ahead and move it. Um, because yeah, I do think it would, it would, um, help on a lot of levels if, um, if Iron Man didn't own all the things. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> In that in-depth thought. Um, <laughs> okay. So <laughs> did you have any, should we move on to the gravel situation? Yeah. I mean, speaking of spaces that are getting to be more inclusive and, you know, open to novel things, how was the women's gravel camp? Okay. We had the most amazing gravel festival. Yeah. So first of all, like, I want to say, Sarah, a number of people came up to me and we're like, I've listened to your podcast for years. Thank you for being here. So to those people, because I know they probably listen every week, like, thank you so, so much for coming up to me. Cause that's like what, that's so meaningful. Right. That's like yeah. what, like, that's what makes it all worthwhile is like those like single people who come up and go like, like, thank you. Or I'd listen like that. They're relating right. Um, to, some for some weird reason to the randomness <laughs> that is our podcast. I don't know what you're talking about. 
they're, they're here for the animal stories. They're here for the, clearly. Yeah. Um, so, but really like what I saw, the, the, a couple observations, first of all, like 73% of the people of the women there were 40 or older. Mm, that's awesome. Um, yeah, it was cool. And it was like essentially folks who were like either training together in various parts of the country or, um, had like met on the internet during COVID, like knew that they had similar interests, like groups of women in vehicles drove some of them for like on two day road trips to come to our event. (laughs) It was crazy. Like they was hearing this story, the people from like Florida, Mississippi, New Jersey, New Mexico, like just like, it was so cool. Um, And then we had this cool intersection of like the feisty people. So like there were a lot of people who listened to hit play, not pause. Right. And Celine's like next level, Celine and Stacey's new books coming out. Like they're like that community came out in droves. Like, I think that's how we ended up skewing like 40 plus was because of the menopause community that suddenly like has a space, has a place to ride, whatever. Um, but then also like just the people that have been part of feisty people mentioned the iron women podcast to me, obviously they mentioned this podcast, my other podcast, like that was cool. And obviously a lot of listeners of the girls gone gravel podcast as well. Um, so we had this cool, like intersection of people. And then the other thing is like, it proved to be true that like, if you like, we sort of created a quote unquote, like safe space for like women to come and learn. Right. We had like skills clinics all day on the, on the Friday and then long rides, long, well, rides ranging from 20 miles to 62 miles on the Saturday that you could like pick depending on, and like people sort of generally tended to pick something that was going to stretch them a little bit. Um, and so, yeah, it was just really cool to see like women learning together. And I love, sorry, I'm rambling now, but like, I think that the festival environment is really cool. Like it's something like we don't do a lot of in triathlon. Like we don't do it separate from a race, you know, like there's always like, we do things that we call festivals, but they're really just like a series of races, <laughs> like yeah. the swim races on Friday and the <laughs> running race. And then the duathlon, like, that's not a festival. That's just like races clumped together. Right. Like this is like true festival. Like you can go to like the clinic about how to maintain your bike, or you go to like the bike packing clinic, or you go do skills, or you just go on a 20 mile ride and you can pick things through the day. Um, and I feel like that's a really cool, inclusive way to like to, I think we could do a lot of things with that. Right. So we're definitely going to do another gravel festival. We're, we're like, everybody's like, can we do a triathlon one? Um, so we'll see. That's really cool that there are a lot of triathletes there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Or on my team, even yeah. <laughs> people want to do a triathlon one, but Oh, we did get a voicemail about gravel beats triathlon. Hi, Sarah and Sarah. This is Erin from Colorado. Uh, And this is in response to the gravel is better than triathlon. Uh, I've been a triathlete for 14 years. Last year, I uh, got a gravel bike. I had a really challenging triathlon year with St. George, Corps de Flame, Nationals, and then I was just done. I was over triathlon. I was looking to do something new and different, so I got a gravel bike. I am having a ton of fun. I've got a few traditional triathlons, but I am turning to the gravel side this year. I've got my first gravel race, which is Wild Horse in Western Colorado, a town called Debec. It's actually organized by Outside, and as an Outside Plus member, I got the race entry for free. It includes a weekend free camping festival, a no-charge camping festival, where we've got a movie 
the night before the race. We've got a pre-race breakfast. We've got the race that's 45 or 65 miles. And then we've got a post-race party, including a swimming pool on the campgrounds. Again, all free. How fun does that sound? I'm doing a gravel triathlon in Steamboat, Colorado, where again, we can camp at the site venue. If you don't want to swim, you can do paddleboard options. So that means my husband can do a triathlon with me without having to swim. Uh, And then I'm doing Rebecca's Private Idaho Queen Stage Race in Sun Valley, Idaho, uh, which is organized by the Queen of Pain. Uh, So that's going to be 200 miles and about, I don't know, 12,000 feet climbing over the course of four days. I'm having the best time on gravel. It fulfills my sense of adventure. Uh, It gives me that way to explore new roads, explore new things. And it just helps me shut my brain off and just be instead of having to constantly watch my power, watch my time, watch my pace, watch all of these things. It gives me a chance to break away from being serious athlete to being more happy, more childlike, uh, more joyful in doing this crazy sport that I think we all love. So I'm definitely leaning towards the gravel is more fun than triathlon, but I'm also really excited to merge gravel and triathlon together in Steamboat this summer in July. So I'll give you an update on how that goes later in the summer. Thanks guys. Bye. Okay. So Aaron, thank you. That's amazing. I actually like I like the paddleboard option for a triathlon. That would be that pretty fun. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you can still wear your wetsuit if you want to. Oh yeah. You can, <laughs> there's still a water aspect. <laughs> I, um, okay. What do you think about the, like merging gravel and triathlon? Like, would you do a gravel triathlon? So there USA triathlon is rolling out a gravel triathlon series. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I'll be interested to see if it takes off, if, if it's pretty popular. Um, if any of our listeners do any of it, I would let us know feedback wise. Yeah. I think we, we need more fun in triathlon and, uh, a race like, I don't know, like wildflower, I feel Mm -hmm. like was more on the gravel side of things where you had, you let most people were camping and, you know, it's about hanging out and having fun around the race. It's just, we need more of that. We need more fun. Yeah. Well, I can say that Vice is probably going to be creating more fun. I also think that like the, like, as I'm looking down the, the next couple of years, like people are looking for connection, right? Like that's why we had people kind of coming out in droves and willing to drive across the country to, to like, or halfway across the country, realistically to like our event was because like, people are looking for that connection piece. I, I love that so much. The, uh, you know, the road trip with your gravel friends to Bentonville, Arkansas. How cool is that? <laughs> to Bentonville, Arkansas. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's a bit random, but yes, it's, it's so cool. Um, okay. Should we take a little break and then we'll have our second voicemail? Let's talk about Orca for a minute. In 2018, Orca approached me at the Ironman World Championships in Kona and said, hey, we love what you are doing and we want to support women better. So we are designing products specifically for women rather than just, you know, shrinking the men's products. And we want your help. That's me, Sarah, and Feisty Media that they were asking for help from. Not only that, but I personally find that my Orca wetsuit is the best I've ever had for flexibility and buoyancy, and I definitely wish I had found it when I was racing pro. 
Fast forward four years, and Orca has launched their new triathlon wetsuits and other gear designed specifically for women. I'm so proud to have been part of this process. So you can order your very own wetsuit and other fab products for 15% off using the code IRONWOMEN15 at orca.com. That's Iron Women, the name of one of our amazing triathlon podcasts, IRONWOMEN1515 at orca.com. Hi, Sarah and Sarah. This is Jen, and I'm actually voice memoing this on my way home from a race this morning. Um, I drove down about an hour and a half south last night away from the fam and the kids um, to get a good night's sleep and not have to wake up at 3 a.m. to drive for a little tune-up race, and it was um, much appreciated that my husband Um, suggested I do that versus wake up early and as much as I miss them I did enjoy Sarah as you mentioned um, living my my best life in my own king-size bed with no one needing me for about 24 hours Um, and the race went well and now I'm on my way back and um, I was finishing up your podcast and um, Sarah's question about the three-week cycles is I mean, totally valid. I have been having three-week cycles for um, a few years, and my OB and my friend who's an OB uh, have just said it's normal. I mean, it falls within the normal range from 21 days to, I think, 35 days. And um, so, I mean, I always thought it was because of my age. Like, I thought that once you hit your mid-30s, everything just starts to suck. (laughs) when it comes to hormones and your metabolism and all the things. But, um, so I always attribute it to that. It's interesting. You mentioned a training, I guess, I think stress is stress and it could come from any aspect of stress in your life. And my training has picked up, I guess, over the last few years. Um, but I've had other stressors that were, you know, different at different stages. So I don't know, maybe a combination, but again, I think, um, it's normal and the only way to kick your body out of it is supplements, um, not supplements, but doing something hormonal like birth control or, um, another form of intervention, which I tried and it was a disaster. So I liked, I like the, I like the predictability now of knowing when my cycle is coming, I can track and train around it. Um, racing, um, I love Sarah's idea. That's actually happened to me before as well. I've, I've kind of wished my period to start and it did during taper and I was glad to get the first day or so out of the way, but I kind of don't fear that stuff anymore because of all the things I've learned from Stacey Sims and her, um, her research and her information that's out there for, um, us to read and affirm our, um, abilities to do all the things no matter where we are in our cycle. So anyways, I, um, just wanted to say, Yes, I'm one of those people, I guess, Sarah, and I, I don't, I've never heard of anyone else that that's happened to. It's normally either they lose their cycle or it's all over the place, but no, mine is like three weeks to the day. And, um, and yeah, it, it's sometimes not fun, but again, the predictability of it is, um, a good thing for this time in my life to help, um, plan things other than, um, the day to day. So anyways, 
little bit of a ramble, but thanks for listening. And I um, love the podcast. Keep all the fun stories and things coming. Bye. All right. Thank you so much for this voicemail. Uh, yeah, I, it's, it's a really, really interesting question. I'm glad I can provide mm-hmm. feedback to this friend that, you know, this is, she's not alone in this, um, that your cycle can change. Mm-hmm. I you know what's funny is like last week. So we got that voicemail a couple of weeks ago. And then last week when I was recording the my random rambling voice memo, I was like, I recorded something about, oh, we got a voice memo about the 21 day cycle. And after I thought about it and I was like, was that on this podcast? Like I like literally had this giant brain fart of like, where did this, I thought it was here, but then, and then I didn't have time to go back and look for it. So I like deleted that part of the voice message. So Jen, thank you for your your voice memo. I figured it out and we appreciate your input. It's weird that like, yeah, what is it? What? Oh, before the show, we're talking about this. What Carla on um, the women's performance podcast, Carla, I can never pronounce her last name, but the episode with Carla, who's like the fertility doctor, it was a great episode. And she talked about like, you are not broken. You know, like when your hormones change, like we were talking about perimenopause, puberty, like, I just love that little mantra. Like you are not broken. If your cycle changes, you are not broken. Yeah. Yeah. That there may not be necessarily anything wrong with this athlete. You know, she's, she, maybe she needs to uh, go to her doctor and suss things out It may have nothing to do with sport, um, but just not to, to get too stressed about it. Yeah. It's not a reflection of anything other than hormones, hormones doing their thing. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Well, Sarah, I hope you have a great week at, I know you have a dinner to get to, so I don't oh, want to thank keep you. you. I hope you have a great week at the Ironman world championships. I'm a little bit jealous and I'm expecting a full report. I will, week. I will do my best. Okay. Yeah, no, I will. Uh, Ooh, I will try to, oh, I was going to say, how am I going to know if we have any podcast listeners out in the course for me to cheer specifically for them? Uh, that's a little challenging. So I'll just cheer a whole lot and hopefully I get to anybody who's out racing. You have fun out there. Yeah. If you're racing this weekend and you're listening right now, right. You, unfortunately, you're going to have to cheer for Sarah cheering before <laughs> she can cheer for you. Exactly. But I feel like that's a good, like, if you just like wave and cheer as you're running, look, look for the switcher. And yeah. I will respond back with some cheers. Um, you say like, I love if we were riding. So <laughs> oh. we'll then cheer as loud as she can for you. I will do some kicks and kicks. <laughs> <laughs> we were promised kicks. <laughs> I would like a video of the kicks, please. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, hug Kelly O'Mara. Oh, yeah. Make her very uncomfortable. Yeah. Have a great week. I can't wait to regroup with you post uh saint george ironman world champs and until next week thanks for listening for another if you were writing my time my time none of you people can tell me to stop my town my crown we know what it takes to be reaching the top we're reaching the top we're reaching the top we know what it takes to be reaching the top